This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the main man, the headliner of the preview show, it's our very own Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, it's a delight to have you on the preview show as always. How are you sir? I'm very well Natalie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good thanks. Now, regular listeners, I don't know, I don't actually know whether we have listeners who just what, listen to one show and not the other one but I'm going to work on the assumption that most of our Previous show listeners are also analysis show listeners. Where you joined us this week? You 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 went rogue. You came and 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 uh, what's the word? You, you you had a bit of a side hustle with the analysis show. It was good to have you. Well, I was invited. Yeah, so I uh, I, I played along and and joined the analysis show for a change, and then uh, preview show as well. So yeah, two two exactly. in a week. Double dose of Dave. That's what I should have called the that's what I should have called the podcast. Double dose of Dave. I missed a trick there. Well, it's very nice to have you. We should have you on there more often because it's uh, it's always nice to have your opinion. It's also nice as well to talk to you about an opinion and not just about cold, hard facts, which is obviously what you're here for because that's the preview show. But it is quite nice well, actually just to get you as a fan. You say that, but then you get me on the analysis show and then I get fired from all angles. Oh, what about this stat, Dave? What about that one? That's very true. I, I, as we are recording this on Wednesday night, I have no idea whether or not Matt's going to have been... Matt stalks us with videos and, and takes our calls and then gets all of our worst bits and puts them on social media because he's a cheeky little scoundrel. Um, but there was one point in a break in the show when we were just trying to iron out a few bits. And it's like, it was just like, listen, it was like a free-for-all. Like the whole team were like, Dave, can I just ask you one stat? How many times, like, what's the goal difference when Barnes and Wood have been up front rather than... And I'm like, does it make a difference when Cork's in midfield? And Dave's just like, I, I can't literally just magic these out of my hat. Like, this is crazy. So you never know. We might have some really fun and games stats for next week's analysis show. Um, but anyway, we, we digress. Let's, let's talk about why we are here. And that is, of course, to preview Burnley's next Premier League fixture. Now, before we get to that, we have, of course, a quiz answer that we need to give you. Now, Ahead of the um, last preview show, which was for the Leicester City away, Dave asked you two questions, one easier, one harder. 
question, which quite frankly to me, they were both hard. I didn't think either one was easier than the other. Um, but question one, which was supposed to be the easier question was, which player scored Burnley's first ever goal at Leicester's current stadium, which was opened in 2002? <sighs> Tricky. Question two, which was supposed to be even harder than that, was, other than the answer to question one, and Andy Gray, who scored, of course, the winning goal for Burnley in away games at Leicester in 2006 and 2007, which other player has scored a winning goal for the Clarets at their current stadium? Dave, what were those answers? Okay, well, the correct answers were, the first one was Ian Moore. Uh, He scored Burnley's goal in a 1-0 win in October 2002. Celebrated it with a rather young-looking Robbie Blake. He does look Um, good. Yeah. Um, And the second question, well, it's a shame, this one, because uh, if we'd have won on on Saturday, it would have been, you could have said Chris Wood, but you wouldn't have known that before the game. Um, But the player we were after, the, the name of the player who'd also scored a winner uh, for Burnley at Leicester, uh, was actually our player in focus. Uh, we did our last episode, we had our club connection section. Adi Akinbay was the player who uh, won the poll with nearly 60%, and he was the player who won, uh, who scored the winner in our 1-0 away win. That was in November 2005. Wow. Well, did any of our listeners get the correct answers, Dave? Uh, we had a few, yeah. Andrew Blythe and Adrian Caton. They were both in touch and they knew it was Ian Moore and Adi Akinbay. Um, I believe that our very own Tom Whitaker, he knew both of those as well. He's been he to probably was at both those games. Um, and I think they were the only ones to get both right. Uh, we did get a variety of wrong guesses, uh, as well as a few like uh, Jan Gezaleski. Uh, he just got Ian Moore. So, yeah, maybe it was a tricky one. Um, maybe there was one that not one that was easier than the other. Although maybe you're more like to remember the first player, that might be more easy to remember. That's why I've done it uh, that way around. But yeah, tricky ones uh, last time. Uh, but this next time, at the end of the show, I've got another quiz question. We're going a little bit different. We're just doing a single question this time. Um, but you'll have to stay tuned later for that. Definitely, don't go anywhere, folks. We do love good quiz questions, so we will get back to you at the end of the show with what we are going to leave with you to ponder over the international break. Premier League head to head. But in the meantime, Dave, let us get on with what we are here for, and that is, of course, previewing Burnley's next fixture Norwich City at home. It's the big one, Saturday, the 2nd of October, 3 pm kickoff, and once again, not televised live in the UK. Dave, high-pressured games. We've got a lot riding on this one. We've simply got to get our first three points of the season. Let's delve into the history books and this fixture and start us off with a summary of our Premier League meetings, please. Yeah, well, this season we are providing you with the head-to-head record between the clubs in Premier League games, either at home or away, depending on the venue. Um, It's going to be quite a short section this week, as there's been just the one previous Premier League meeting at Turf Moor between the two clubs. That was in September 2019, uh, when a quick-fire brace from Chris Wood in the first half helped Burnley to a 2-0 win. However, Norwich City did win a match at Turf Moor that season. Uh, They knocked us out of the FA Cup. That was in January 2020. Uh, But after being relegated at the end of that campaign, they were able to bounce straight back at the first attempt by winning the Championship again last season. 
there have only been two other seasons when the two teams have played each other in the top flight, and they were both back in the 1970s. Uh, Burnley won 1-0 at Turf Moor in December 1973, when a second-half header from Billy Ingham was the only difference between the two sides. And we're going to keep back the details of the only other top-flight meeting at Turf Moor between the two teams for our next section. Ooh, what is that next section then, David? It is, of course, memory match. What are you going to tease us with here? Uh, well, yeah, we've already mentioned Burnley's 2-0 victory over Norwich from the from, uh, season before last um, as the only previous Premier League meeting at Turf Moor between the two teams. So we're going to turn the clock back to the 1970s for this week's memory match. And it's a rather unusual one too. Um, it was the 13th of September 1975. And during an interesting first half, there were three penalties. Uh, Peter Noble put Burnley ahead in the first minute following a breakaway move, and also scored a 26-minute penalty before Ted McDougall pulled one back from the spot after 31 minutes. Burnley were awarded another penalty just before half-time, and Peter Noble converted again to complete his hat-trick and gave Burnley a 3-1 lead at the break. In the second half, the visitors added further goals from open play from Ted McDougall again and Martin Peters to make it 3-3. Uh, But three minutes before the end, Mike Summerby's free kick was headed in by Peter Noble for his fourth, which everyone thought would surely be the winner. But Norwich hit back through Phil Boyer, who grabbed a last gasp equaliser with a close-range header from Martin Peters' cross to make it 4-4. So, yeah, very unusual game. Burnley Mm. drew it 4-4, and Peter Noble scored all four goals. Excellent. That is a great section. Um, What about the next one? One other thing on that as well. And Did you know who the Norwich City manager was for that game? John Bond. No way. Oh, that's a cracking set of stats, is that, Dave? I love it. Love it. Um, gosh, I do wonder where you pull these things from. That's that's a that's a good one, is that one? On this day. What about on this day then? What what have we picked for for, for this section? Uh, well, Burnley have played twenty-one previous matches on the second of October, which is obviously when uh, Saturday's games takes place. Um, and the first of those was a 3-0 home win over Newcastle United in 1897. Uh, we've mentioned that match before on the preview show, uh, as the kickoff was taken by celebrity entertainer Witty Watty Walton. Uh, 40 <laughs> seconds later, really? Burnley had the ball in the back of the net. Uh, that was thanks to Walter Place Jr. Uh, and as a result of this, the Football League consigned celebrity kickoffs to the dustbin of history. You might see them in... Um, Maybe in in testimonial games these days, but yeah, thankfully that's been consigned to uh, to history. Um, other victories for Burnley include a two one away win that was against West, West Bromwich Albion at the Hawthorns in nineteen oh nine, and we also had home wins over Everton and Sheffield United in nineteen forty eight and nineteen fifty four, respectively. We also managed a hat trick of home wins in nineteen eighty four against Newport County. 1990 against Northampton Town, and then in 1993 against Hartlepool United. Uh, Between 1999 and 2012, we played five times on October the 2nd and drew all five. Uh, That included a 3-3 draw at Turf Moor against Sheffield Wednesday, in which Charlie Austin scored a hat-trick, yet another game 
where a Burnley player scored a hat-trick and turf more uh, and didn't end up on the winning side. Quite a, a rare occurrence. Mm. Um, however, we returned to winning ways in 2015 with a 2-1 away win at Rotherham United. Uh, that was actually the first time that Burnley FC used comms cam. Uh, and you should have seen the faces of Phil Bird and his co-commentator that day when the GoPro camera was set up to capture the reactions <laughs> from the press box for the second half. Um, the most recent time we've played on this date was a home game that was against Arsenal in 2016. Uh, the scoreline remained goalless as we went into added time, uh, but the officials failed to pick up a combination of a missed offside and the ball finding the net via Laurent Koscielny's arm. Uh, he was captain uh, of Arsenal that day and scored with his arm. Uh, but sadly, there was no VAR to correct those oversights back then. But it was apparently cited as one of the key incidents that led to the Premier League introducing video replays. So Burnley's overall record on 2nd of October is played 21, won 8, drawn 8 and lost 5. Uh, but we've had just that one defeat, and that was against Arsenal in a home game in our last 10 matches on this date. Excellent. Club Connection! We're moving on then to our Club Connection section. Now, this is where we look at players who've spent time at both clubs and we focus on one player in particular. Um, we usually run a poll, and we've been running it for some weeks now. Um, Dave is absolutely making the rules up as he goes along. Listeners, I can't control him. I'm sorry. I don't know what he's doing. Um, so quite frankly, I have got no idea what this following section will bring you. Dave, what have we decided to do this time? Right. Well, by my reckoning, 27 different players have represented both Burnley and Norwich City since World War II. Uh, some examples of those, we had Willie Donerkey, uh, Roger Hansbury, Kevin Reeves, Wayne Biggins, Alan Taylor... Going a bit more recent, we had uh, Paul Crichton, Paul Cook, um, Adi Akinbaye. There's mentioned that we could perhaps do Adi Akinbaye again this week. I don't think that would have gone down too well. Uh, Kyle Lafferty, a um, bit more recent, uh, Robbie Brady um, and Peter Crouch. Um, but this week, I've taken an executive decision and I'm going to focus on current Norwich City defender and former Claret, Ben Gibson. What? you kidding me. No, you haven't. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, we don't Dave. want to definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you gave me no sort of all into panic then. I thought I was going to have to veto that whole section. Oh, your little tease. What have you actually done for this section? Yeah, well, we, we didn't want to decimate our listener numbers. So instead, our player in <laughs> focus this week will be the current assistant manager of Manchester United. That's Mike Phelan, who was better known as Mickey in his time at Turf Moor. Uh, he was born in Nelson in 1962. Uh, and joined Burnley in July 1979. He made his first team debut for the club in January 1981. Uh, later that year, he represented England at under-18 level and went on to establish himself as a valuable member of Burnley's midfield. He won a third division winner's medal with us in 1982, but after 211 appearances for Burnley over five seasons, he joined Norwich City. That was in the summer of 1985. Uh, they went on to win Division 2 and gain promotion to the top flight in his first season at Carrow Road. And when Steve Bruce left to join Manchester United in 1987, Mike Phelan also became the Canaries' captain. After making 191 appearances for Norwich City, he joined Manchester United in the summer of 1989 and was also capped for England later that year. In his time at Old Trafford, he earned an FA Cup winner's medal in 1989-90, a European Cup Winners' Cup medal in 1991, 
a League Cup winner's medal in 91-92, and to top it all off, he made enough appearances to earn a Premier League winner's medal in 1992-93. He moved on and finished his career, playing career at West Brom, but returned to Norwich to become their assistant manager. That was under Gary Megson in 1995. He was also Megson's assistant at Blackpool and then Stockport County before joining the Old Trafford coaching staff in 2000. Mike Phelan was Alex Ferguson's first team coach before becoming assistant manager in 2008. Oh, wow. He left left Old Trafford when Sir Alex retired in 2013, but he returned briefly to Norwich to become their assistant manager and then was also caretaker manager for a short while in 2014-15. After a spell at Hull City, he spent some time out in Australia before returning to England to become Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's assistant at Manchester United in 2019. Uh, He's tended to be one of those names that gets mentioned whenever Burnley have a managerial vacancy. But thankfully, those discussions haven't been needed at Turf more recently. Good stuff. I did not know that about Mickey Phelan. That's uh, one of those things, really, isn't it? It's, It's probably somebody we should have a better grasp of his history with him being such a, a legend at the club but you know that was that was super interesting scouting report um, well that's the end of part one listeners where we focused on just the history of this fixture so let's bring you right back to the present for part two of the previous show starting with our scouting report yeah german-born daniel farker was appointed as norwich city manager in may 2017 and after an average first season which ended with a 14th place finish, he guided the Canaries to the championship title in 2018-19. They struggled to adapt to life in the Premier League in 2019-20 and were relegated straight back down after finishing in last place on just 21 points. However, their board booked the trend and rather like Burnley a few seasons prior to that, they stuck with their manager and were rewarded as Norwich City won the championship again for the second time in three seasons. Ahead of their 2019-20 Premier League campaign, they hardly spent anything on new signings. And although their outlay in the most recent window was relatively modest by Premier League standards, they've invested significantly more than they did last time. Uh, They've paid out loan fees for central defender Ozan Kabak and midfielder Matthias Norman, and also secured the services of Chelsea midfielder Billy Gilmore on a loan deal. This time, they spent in the region of £50 million on seven permanent signings, who were wow. uh, Milot Rashica, Christos Solis, Josh Sargent, Dimitrios Giannoulis, uh, Pierre-Lise Melou and Angus Gunn, as well as turning Ben Gibson's loan from Burnley into a permanent signing over the summer as well. Uh, more often than not, they tend to play with a back four, with Captain Gran Hanley, a former rover, as one of two central defenders, although there has been some chopping and changing with his playing partners at the back already this season. Uh, in fact, uh, we did mention this on the analysis show, uh, for the Carabao Cup match against Liverpool and the most recent Premier League game against Everton, they've experimented with the back three, one of whom was Ben Gibson, alongside Hanley, with two wing-backs. Uh, Matthias Norman has been deployed in a defensive midfield role, with width being provided by the likes of Milot Rashica and Josh Sargent. Uh, striker Timu Puki is their standout player, and his goals helped to fire Norwich to promotion from the Championship twice, as well as contributing 11 goals in 33 appearances during their previous Premier League campaign. He's already netted twice in the Premier League so far this season, despite the Canaries' poor start, 
and so he'll be one to watch on Saturday. As well as losing their last 10 matches of their 2019-20 Premier League campaign, they've also lost all six so far this season. So despite only losing seven games on the way to winning the championship last season, they're on a current losing streak of 16 matches at this level. Uh, They're also the only team across the four tiers of English football not to pick up a point so far this season in the league, although Derby County's points deduction does leave them on minus points in the championship. Um, In terms of injuries, we are recording this uh, episode slightly earlier prior to the pre-match press conferences, uh, but the concerns they have got are the likes of uh, Todd Cantwell, um, also Matthias Norman, Sam Byram, um, one or two others. Again, that might have updated since then, but they do have um, four or five on the uh, injury list who may be doubts for uh, for Saturday's game. Good stuff. They have had a terrible start to the season, haven't they? Which does fill me with absolute horror um, ahead of uh, <laughs> the game. That's, that's definitely the, 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 the terrified clarity in me, isn't it? Well, you've heard what we think about Norwich City, but as always, we do like to bring you up to date with a view from our opposition. So here to give their view ahead of Norwich's perspective is our opposition view. Opposition view. Hi, guys. Hope you're well. Jacob here from Canary Cast, the Norwich side of the Burnley Norwich to preview the game. Thanks for Matt for asking me on to speak about Norwich, which I say thanks with a little laugh because um, we've been rubbish so far this season. Uh, whilst Burnley have kind of at least picked up some points, not got a win yet, but uh, yeah, at least you guys have got points. <laughs> we uh, are currently, yeah, six game completely uh, pointless um, after four very tricky games to off with. Should have got, should have got, arguably something out of the Leicester game. And then Arsenal as well was tight. Probably they deserved to edge it, but those two were very close. Then it came to Watford, our biggest game of the season, uh, to start off with thinking, right, need to pick up points here against a relegation rival at home. I think it done 3 1. Against Everton, we lost 2 0, but we're quite good in the second half. Dominated the game. Um, we're just quite blunt up top. Ben Gibson, former former guy from, your, from yourselves, uh, had a great opportunity. At 1 0, couldn't take it, and then we gave the ball away and uh, yeah, conceded the second goal. The fee with Norwich's uh, season so far is just giving away so, so, so sloppy goals. I mean, talking Sunday League kind of level, you look at the Leicester goals we conceded, Everton, like, like I mentioned, and even the Watford ones. Defensively, we're just making silly errors, and as soon as we go 1 0 down in 30 games under Daniel Fark in the Premier League, we've never picked up a point from a losing position. So uh, that kind of shows you that, yeah, the confidence is kind of low when um, when we do go one goal behind. You could just see it kind of drain out of the team. We're quite blood up top of the minute. We're still trying to work our way out with six, seven signings. Obviously, we lost Billy Buendia, our main player. <clears throat> You're trying to replicate that with, with a lot of new signings, all trying to come in together. Josh Sargent, Milo Rosicha, Christoph Jolis. It's just not quite clicking yet. Mateus Norman in the centre of midfield. Whilst he's been good in the first couple of games he's played, it'll be fascinating to see how he deals with with the uh, the more kind of physical side of what Burnley will offer against us on Saturday. Uh, and the whole kind of point of, of Norwich and how will they deal with that with very poor at defending set pieces and corners, which, again, will play straight to your hands. I'd be amazed if it's not a simple 2-0 Burnley win, Tarkovsky and Wood or someone like that, just from a couple of corners like it was a couple of years ago. We're still not really at that point where we can deal with that physicality yet. And... I think it might be a long, hard season for us whilst we try and 
we tried to kind of almost get a team together used to playing with one another in the, the toughest league of the world. It's just such a harsh, harsh lesson, really. Hopefully we can improve. We're decent on the ball, so Timmy Pukki's a threat. Um, when we can get the ball to him, Mateus Norman, like I say, will have a pot from range. Jolice on his day can be uh, unpredictable and ready to go. So with Milot Rasicha, it'll be very interesting to see what, how Norwich play. If they go five at the back, then uh, I think that probably plays into Burnley's hands straight away. It'll be a lot less whip from Norwich and that's where Burnley will just push us out from. I think we'll have more of the ball, but uh, looking forward to the game. Hopefully, I'll be praying for a win, but I don't know where it's coming from at the minute. We really are on one of those runs which you just like, we uh, not being dramatic, a lot of Norwich fans are starting to think, Look at that Derby record and thinking, oh God, please, let's not have this. I think we're just taking that time to click, but this is a huge game. Um, one that you need to go and compete with. We need to take a point from this game, minimum really, because then it's an international break. Daniel Farker is starting to come under pressure uh, with the fans. Again, it's a 16 uh, losing streak, including the, the back end of the last Premier League campaign. Personally, I don't... I don't really take that on because in the middle of that is sandwich is a championship title winning season so but it is six defeats in a row and I think anyone else down there who would be a Watford a Brentford they would start really having voices in terms of do they do they potentially go and um, change manager um, obviously Burnley had a bit of a struggle last season but they're the team that you always go they're going to be fine um, they're always going to get out of it because of what Sean Dyche done I think we're trying to really replicate what you guys have done really in staying up being able to buy good players Chris Wood was money <laughs> Max Corname a lot of money for us it's it's still trying to figure out just shy of that 10 million mark which is is such difficulty when everyone else is spending so much money in this league but uh, good good luck for the game anyway I think uh, it's going to be a big old uh, struggle for Norwich like I say hopefully we can we can win and, and uh, somehow try and reduce our, our corner deficiencies, which have been there for four or five years now for one game against a team who are very good at putting the ball into the box. I worry about Vinter off the bench as well. If, if he doesn't start, Chris Wood, of course, if he's fit, then yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be golden to uh, to really look at kind of getting behind that defence, which makes so many errors. Gibson and Hanley will be buzzing for it, obviously. Hanley, former Blackburn man, I'm sure you know him well. Ben Gibson, who didn't have a very good time with yourselves. They'll both be really aggressive and ready to go, I think, for this game. So hopefully that pumps up the rest of the team. Hopefully we can pick up some points. But looking forward to the game. Thanks for asking me on. Hopefully this comes a bit more Norwich for you. At the minute, it's more uh, any kind of hope than actual optimism or anything, really, that can, or glorified uh, yeah, hope, really, is anything other than sustained. <laughs> I can't give you any reasoning as to why Norwich will pick up points at the minute because we're so, so... So poor and behind every other team at the minute by quite a country mile. So hopefully we can put that to one side and get some points, but uh, we'll see. Thanks for asking me on, and I'm sure I'll see you soon. What about the referee then, Dave? Who's going to be in charge? Uh, well, we've got 50-year-old Kevin Friend of Leicester. He's going to be in charge at Turf Moor on Saturday. He's refereed 28 previous Burnley games and 17 of those have been in the Premier League. Uh, from those Premier League games, we've won five, drawn three and lost nine. Uh, during last season, he was in the middle for four of Burnley's Premier League games. And although we beat Crystal Palace 1-0 at Turf Moor last October, uh, the other three occasions during the second half of the season against Manchester United at home and away to Spurs and Sheffield United uh, ended as Burnley defeats. 
He's also refereed two previous matches between these two teams, but both of those were at Carrow Road, uh, as well as a 1-1 draw in the Championship in February 2009. He took charge of a game in July 2020, in which Norwich City had two players sent off in the first half, and Burnley, of course, won that game 2-0. The video assistant on Saturday will be uh, Craig Pawson. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Uh, Well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because you like to treat our loyal and wonderfully wonderful listeners. So why don't you delve into those pockets of yours and get our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week. Yeah, well, we did mention this very briefly in our last preview show, but this weekend's match marks another milestone for Burnley manager Sean Dyche. Uh, He was unveiled as Eddie Howe's replacement at the end of October 2012. So as he approaches his ninth anniversary in charge at the club, the home game against Norwich City will mark his 400th match in charge as Burnley boss. Our record in those games is played 399, uh, we've won 145, drawn 108 and lost 146. So a victory on Saturday would return us to parity between wins and losses. Uh, Burnley has scored 461 goals and conceded 488 during this time. 43% of our goals under Sean Dyche have been scored by just four players. Sam Vokes with 62, Chris Wood with 51, Ashley Barnes with 46 and Danny Ings with 40. So they have 199 goals between them with Sean Dyche as manager. Um, Although we always hoped that we would return to the top flight, few Burnley fans would have imagined that we'd get there quite as quickly as we did in 2013-14 and after a minor setback and relegation in 2014-15 to repeat the feat and get promoted back as champions at the first attempt was impressive Mm. we are now spending our sixth consecutive season at this level and have achieved a couple of top half finishes including a seventh place finish in 2017-18 which delivered our first competitive european fixtures for over 50 years of course, he's just signed a new contract extension to keep him at Turf Moor until 2024-25. And we're looking forward to four more years of Sean Dyche. We certainly are. Here, here. Um, well, we're not going to talk about our thoughts ahead of the match, Dave, because, of course, we had you on the preview show. No, the analysis show, sorry, earlier on this week. And um, we obviously talked quite in depth about what we felt ahead of the game. So I'm going to cut down our preview of the preview. Um, and just ask you to give me a score prediction, please, Dave. Uh, two nil. Oh, confident. Who's going to score? Uh, Chris Wood with a header and Matty Vidra with a right-footed shot. Look at that. Bang on script, listeners. He's a good one, is Dave. Well, I'm going to say three nil. I think we're going to absolutely batter them. And I'm also I'm going to say that Woody's going to get a couple, and I'm going to say that Ben May's going to get a header. He got one of it. Did you see? It came true. I know we're on the losing end of it, but Ben May header. I'm going to keep saying it because it's going to happen. Um, listeners, do let us know what you think the score is going to be at the weekend. We want scores. We want goal scorers, and we want to know how they score those goals. Please, header, foot, right foot, left foot backside we don't care we just want to know how it's going to score you can tweet us at nonenever.net you can leave us a comment on our facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at podcast.net fantasy premier league update moving on then dave to the second half of the preview show and we of course have the 
Fantasy Premier League section, which is what, of course, we all know our listeners tune into. Um, game week six is done, so we need to know how our managers are doing, and most importantly, who is our second manager of the month for this season? Yeah, well, after six game weeks, we have another league update for you, and it's tighter than ever at the top. Uh, the first and fifth place managers are separated by just 13 points. Uh, so we've got uh, down to fifth place, we've got Jaden Fitton, that's on 444 points. Uh, we've got uh, Joe Elliott down to fourth on 447. Uh, Jack Toner's a non mover in third on 448. Uh, Deck Clark's another non mover in second on 453. And leapfrogging them back up to first place is Andrew Smith, who's on 457 points. He was our. Manager of the Month for August, but he's not one Manager of the Month for uh, September. Do you all know who that is? I certainly do, Dave. Yeah, well, last weekend also marked the final set of games for September, so we can bring you news of the race for Manager of the Month. Uh, Adam Major picked up 72 points last week, very uh, impressive total, and that just took him to the top of the table for the month of September. That was just one point ahead of Andy Greenwood, who we'd mentioned was uh, leading it in our previous preview show. So congratulations to uh, to Adam. Yeah, definitely. Um, Adam, you are the proud winner of a much-coveted Known and Ever sticker as your reward for getting our September Manager of the Month. So please do drop us an email at previewshow at knownandever.net and let us uh, have the best address that we can send one of these little bad boys out to you, um, which will just be our nice little prize for winning Manager of the Month. And congratulations, congratulations. Um, Dave, what about the Podcasters Mini League? How's Team Known and Ever doing? Uh, well, it's uh, no change. I think Adam Dennett is still well in the lead, and there's no change in the other places. That means, Natalie, you're still in prime position to pick up the wooden spoon. But oh, thankfully, come on. yeah, seriously, uh, thankfully, you're not in any danger in the main known and never leagues. That's a, a big improvement on um, on last season. Excellent. So, yeah, I'm doing well. I, I've, I've literally, we said this last week, but the previous, what, three seasons, I spent the entire season in the bottom three and I'm not, I'm climbing up there as well. I'm actually remembering team to do transfers every week and to swap out injured players and to, I'm not using any of the magic little beans yet because I still don't really know how they work, but I'm, I'm trying to do okay. Um, What about team of the week then? Who should I have had in my team would have got me a bit more points than I actually got Dave. Right well these 11 players would have earned you a very impressive 125 points you actually got 47 so you could have done a lot better if you'd have uh, had the uh, gift of hindsight and picked these 11 uh, who were in a 3-5-2 formation. Uh, We had Saar in goal for, for Wolves Uh, We had a back three of House, Cancelo and Michael Keane, former Claret, of course. Uh, Our midfield five were uh, uh, Saka, uh, Smith-Rowe, Decore, uh, Janelt and Townsend. And up front were Jamie Vardy, obviously scored uh, twice. Well, scored three, didn't he? Scored one at the wrong end and then uh, two uh, against us uh, for Leicester. 
and um, Neil Maupay of uh, Brighton was the other striker. So they were the 11 players who would have delivered you 125 points if only you'd have known. If only you'd have known. Hindsight's a very, very wonderful thing. Uh, we, we will have another FPL update in our next preview show, which will be after the international break. Uh, but that will be uh, for our preview for the trip to face Manchester City at the Heady Hard and our annual 5-0 drubbing. So, um Keep concentrating until then and we'll find out if there's been any change at the top after that international break. Statman Dave's quiz question. Okay, Dave, finally. Needs to be a spectacular, this one, because our, our listeners have got an international break, so they need something to keep them company and let them mull over. So what have you decided to set them for their quiz question? Yeah, well, I wanted to do something a little bit different for this week's quiz question. So we're going to take a short break from the usual two-part questions, which we've set so far this season, and try and get a good response from everyone to a slightly tricky question relating to captains. Um, I've recently been adding opposition team lineups to my Burnley Stats match database, but I've been collating details of opposition captains at the same time. So what I want to know from you this week is... In Burnley's current spell in the Premier League, so that's since 2016, after we got promoted as uh, uh, champions of the championship, uh, which opposition player has been captain against Burnley on more occasions than any other? To clarify, this is for Burnley's Premier League matches only since August 2016. God, that is a great question. I love it. Um, How do our listeners um, submit their answers when they decide they're ready? Uh, Yeah, you can tweet us or send us a direct message, preferably on Twitter. That means that no one else sees your answer. Uh, That's at never. You can email us at the dedicated preview show email address, which is previewshow at never.net, Or you can reply on the posts for this preview show on either the Never Facebook page or on YouTube. And on this occasion, it's probably not the sort of answer that you could easily use Google to help you out, mentioning no names. Uh, but I'm sure that our <laughs> listeners will be able to come back to us with some intelligent guesses and we'll name check anyone who knew the correct answer in our next preview show, which of course will be after the international break. Excellent. Uh, well, let's sign off then. Have we got any other business that we need to discuss before we let our lovely listeners go for the week? Have we got any community news, fixed changes, anything that we need to, any public service announcements, Dave? Uh, well, yeah, just our regular reminder that there'll be collections once again around Turf Moor for the Burnley FC in the Community Food Bank prior to this Saturday's match. You'll be able to see the collection points on Harry Potts Way and also they've got collection points uh, on the bottom of the path Uh, to the ground behind the cricket club. Uh, You may have seen food bank manager Sean Danaher being interviewed at Pitchside during the half-time break for our last match, and I know that every donation is put to good use within our local community. Uh, In terms of fixtures, um, we've got lots of three o'clock kickoffs. We know that Saturday's game's three o'clock, and the next four after that, uh, league games anyway, they're all Saturday three o'clock kickoffs. But in between there, we do have another extra fixture to shoehorn in, uh, and that's our cup game against Spurs. That's now been confirmed. It's a 7.45 kickoff, and that's on Wednesday the 27th of October, obviously at home to, uh, to Spurs. Let's hope we can uh, get a good result against them in the last 16 and get through to the uh, last eight. That'll be uh, a progress for us getting some... Uh, a really good cup run this season. 
Yeah, that definitely would. Well, that's all we've got time for this week, listeners. My thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to getting this podcast off the ground. Um, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt, as always, does a sterling job of knitting all of this together. To the main man himself, Dave Roberts, for researching our preview show episodes and just doing an absolutely fantastic job of pulling all of these incredible stats and facts together. Um, and last, but by no means least to you the listener for downloading and listening to this episode um your support is very much appreciated and we will not we would not be here without you it's as simple as that um the rest of the team will be back on tuesday with the analysis show and going over what i'm absolutely sure will be our first three points of the season and then dave and i will be back after the international break to look ahead to that away tie at manchester city um take care in the meantime do try and look after yourselves and others around you um and we look forward to seeing you soon i've been natalie bromley this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and ever podcast until next time the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.